to each and every bachelor season and bachelorette season, obviously week one has so much excitement because the show's coming back and a lot of people just are interested to see what's going to happen and all the previews that are going to play out. And then I think the second most look forward to week is this week that we just watched hometown week. And maybe for some of you, it's fantasy suite week, which we will see in a couple weeks as Chris Harrison mentioned. So next week, I guess we have the women tell all, which I don't think we're going to be covering. There will not be a podcast next Monday uh, just because I'm not going to watch that. I didn't watch it for the bachelorette either, just because it's very uninteresting. And I think for me, for a lot of you too, I think we're all interested in seeing what the hell happens here with Matt. But I think this is going to be a very, very good pause week upcoming where if you're not going to watch the tell-all, it's going to be very good for you mentally to get refreshed and, and back into a mindset of, okay, who is he going to pick? Because right now, I'm a little bit confused, and I think Matt is kind of pondering that too. And this week, we saw four hometowns between Michelle, Rachel, Bree, and Serena P. And we start right away with the Michelle one-on-one. And I think one thing that I've picked up on is usually the first one-on-one is not... All right, let's just stop stop saying one-on-one. Usually the first hometown doesn't end up being the Bachelor or Bachelorette winner, I mean, that I've seen. Now, that could clearly be the case, and I'm not looking at it, but really recent years, I can't think back to any one-on-one or hometown, first hometown date with the contestant or the, the, the person who is the Bachelor or Bachelorette where they do end up being there at the end. And it could end up being that way. I think this hometown with Michelle was really good of all of the hometowns, probably the smoothest. And for a lot of you, maybe be, maybe you have Michelle at one. And I'm not going to argue with you there. I, I don't have her at one. I don't think there's anything more that she could have done. There's anything more her family could have done. And it was a really good hometown, really fucking good. And I think a lot of you probably realize that too. But I think with Matt, it's not there and it's not sitting well. I almost equate how Matt feels toward Michelle as a way that Serena P felt toward Matt at the end of this episode that you and I just watched. We'll get into Serena P in a second. Uh, but yeah, the Michelle one-on-one hometown, whatever you want to call it, um, went really well. But he did say what usually has been the kiss of death for women on this season where they're getting ready to go to meet uh, her parents and they're sitting down and the way that he said thank you to her after she kind of expressed her feelings she was kind of like I'm falling for you da 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 and then he was just like thank you and it just felt a little weird a little off and I could think back to many times where I've used that line before where if I tell a girl that like hey thank you or whatever it usually doesn't mean I entirely like you whole entire much I think Matt realized that on this episode a little bit but with the Serena P uncertainty pay attention because he did give Michelle that first rose at the rose ceremony and Brie was sitting there thinking to herself um okay well I got the last rose I should be concerned and I've been saying that this whole entire season with Matt that pay attention who gets the roses first because he's been very unpredictable with a ton of women but the rose ceremonies do tell a lot so the Michelle hometown was really good I thought it was the smoothest of all of them probably a lot of you did too and maybe some of you moved her up maybe in front of Rachel maybe in front of Brie 
maybe in in front of both of them, then maybe you have her at one. But I'm not entirely sure. But if it did happen, I wouldn't be as shocked because of what happened with Serena P and the uncertainty. And Michelle was a really certain, really certain choice. I've been saying this to some people too. I feel like Bree or Rachel is, I think, going to be one of his picks. I guess his pick. And I feel like at this point in his life, that makes the most sense. But if Matt was like 45 or 50, I think Michelle made more sense than any of them just because of the situation and how connected they are off of the show and the things they do within their lives. But I just personally don't see it with Michelle. Maybe some of you do too. And if you do, let us know on our social or email the show. So we started off with the Michelle hometown went really well as I mentioned already and if you have her all the way up there at the top and you think she's going to win I'm not going to argue with you because it went really well but for me personally I just don't see it and when he says thank you after she kind of like tells him how she's feeling just didn't feel right so that was the Michelle hometown really really good start and then we get to Rachel's hometown and when Rachel gets in, gets out of the car and sees him, Matt has a look on his face that is a little bit different than with Michelle and really any of the other women so far, uh, maybe outside of Brie. And, of course, they go on this skydiving adventure, which looked really fucking fun, but I think it's a no for me. I'm not doing that. I just don't trust it because of what happened to Rachel. I think her parents said a lot through that whole entire uh, situation of the hometown. Her father was really doubting all of this, and I I think it is common to be skeptical because this process is so damn fast, as I feel like all of us keep hearing from not only Matt, but from the women on the show, and it is. And one thing I think that's telling from the whole entire episode was Matt doesn't ask for his blessing at all, and I think... Rachel kind of was making a big deal about that and she was kind of like hey you're kind of scaring me as he was getting in the car leaving and Matt was like whatever and he just got in the car he didn't say that but he you know gave her the vibe that she's fine but I I don't know I don't know uh, where Matt is with Rachel but I can tell you one thing the way that that ended that hometown ended I'm pretty sure it hurt Rachel a little bit more than it did the fall that she had coming down from the sky skydiving which that did not look like it was pleasant looked like she got pretty messed up and they made it seem like she didn't but I love how again pay attention to how they do up one-on-one dates compared to some other ones I think Michelle and Matt rode bikes and then had a picnic and then went to the hometown with the parents and Rachel was immediately in this fast car and they were going skydiving so just pay attention to that I think production definitely plays a role in getting all of us to think oh my gosh does that mean something I think it by the way if it was reversed and Michelle would have had that skydiving and Rachel would have just had the the bike riding I would have been like hmm I think that's saying something because of course all of you know me I look into things way more than I probably should but I think for this season it's going to play out quite well and going to play out that way that a lot of thought goes into this and rightfully so Uh, But before we get any farther, I want to tell all of you uh, about a company that we recently partnered with called Jade Black. And I want all of you to go into your phones right now and go to your calendar. Uh, This Saturday, 
February 27th at 10 a.m. Eastern. I probably should tell you about them, right? But they're having a new collection drop of blue light, prescription, and sunglasses. I know for me, I wear blue lights all of the time because I'm always on my phone. I hate that, by the way, but I'm always on my phone. I'm always on the computer working. Uh, Blue lights are definitely going to be an investment that all of you young people out there want to invest in to save your eyes. I've been trying to get everybody onto them, but they have a new collection of blue lights dropping in so many different designs. Also, if you wear prescription, J Black has you covered there. And my favorite, honestly, outside of the blue lights are the sunglasses. I've been wearing Jade Black for probably about a year now, uh, ever since, God, I remember I lost a really nice pair of sunglasses in the ocean, and they were pretty expensive, and I was like, you know what, never again, I want to buy cheap, but then the cheap, of course, fall apart, but Jade Black, you get everything that you're looking for, and trust me, guys, and girls out there, because of course, they have women and men's collections, of course, they're great. And they're not going to disappoint you at all. And if I'm pushing their product, I can guarantee you their products are really good. And by the way, super affordable and super stylish. And a lot of their sunglasses, blue lights, prescriptions look like designer sunglasses. Even if you don't want that feel, they're really high quality. I'm telling you right now, I would not be pushing them if they weren't very good. So February 27th, this Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern, they're having a new drop of glasses come out for men and women. And if you're not on there by 10 a.m., they're going to sell out. And you can get there by heading to jadeblack.co and tell them I sent you by using code ANT10 for 10% off of your next order. Again, that's jadeblack.co and tell them I sent you by using code ANT10 for 10% off of your next order. Remember, Saturday, 10 a.m. Eastern. You're not going to want to miss it. I really, really love their glasses, and a lot of you are going to as well. So now we covered the Michelle hometown, the Rachel hometown, and now we are to the Brie hometown, which personally for me, I was looking forward to more than anyone just to see how her family was going to react because she had mentioned they were going to be really tough and grill him to a degree, and rightfully so, as to like, what do you see with her and I think Matt did a very good job at being on his A game more than any other hometown that he had been on with any other women up to that point. So he was on it with Michelle. He didn't really have to be on his A game. I mean, he was, he always is. And then Rachel, her father, was a little bit, a little bit tough. I think he kind of had a little bit of a, I don't know, the, I don't know the word here. He had more of a, not warm and comforting vibe, which I don't expect any father of a girl who is involved in this show to have. But I think if if I was in the situation personally, if I was mad, I would respect that way more than just some father who just was like, yeah, okay, you can do whatever. But I don't think most of them are like that. But I think with Rachel, as we already had mentioned, her father was really tough. And I think to her benefit, probably ended up being better that way but we will see it play out. So back to the Brie hometown, again, really looked forward to this one. She's been my dark horse for him since day one. I've really been protecting her every week as she's been my number one pick of every ranking that have come out. And a lot of you last week probably were like, okay, I have Rachel at one. Maybe the week before you even put Rachel at one because of how good things were going. And maybe this week, 
You have Michelle at one, but I also would caution you that Bree is definitely still a player in this, and I think she has a very good chance of being with Matt at the end of this for sure. I really liked Bree's mom. I thought she was really good, and I think that's something all of us wonder about too is like how are the parents going to be like because of the people that are still left, they're really high character and and high-quality people that you wonder like, wow, what, what, like got them to this point of being like that in their lives. And you could see that with really all of the women who are left, their parents and people that they brought in their family. So I did like Bree's mom. I thought she was awesome, but I would not be, or I would be a hypocrite if I didn't mention this. So we talked about how Matt has said this whole entire season, the thank you for sharing line. And whenever people kind of pour their heart out to him, he kind of says, thank you. Well, he directly said thank you for sharing with Bree at the end of their hometown, and I felt a gut punch there because, of course, she's been my pick, and of course, I want to be right. Maybe some of you do, too, but he does tell her, like, thank you for sharing after she literally pours her heart out for him and says, I'm falling for you, and now I'm very, very confused as to what the hell's going to happen because usually when he says that to women, it doesn't mean very good things. But I still do think, and we'll get to my top three. I think maybe some of you have the same, but we'll see. But we'll get to that after we talk about Serena P's hometown. But I, I do think Brie is number one for me still. And, well, I guess I just ruined that spoiler. Anyway, I don't know how to feel about that. Because he has said that to every woman or woman this season. And it hasn't really turned out well for them. I think Michelle next week probably gets sent home and it will be down to, I guess, two weeks, as Chris Harrison said. But it will be down to Bree and Rachel, as I predict. Um, The Serena P hometown. I think her energy was so good during the day. And I was wondering why, because I think the past couple of weeks, a lot of us have been wondering, like, does she even like him? And I don't think she ever, I think she did at the beginning because of course she got the two one-on-ones early. And now I guess you could call this hometown her third one-on-one, but she got the two one-on-ones of course picked by Matt and requested by Matt, but I don't think she entirely liked him that much this entire time. Even going back to her first one-on-one, she was very skeptical and confused as to like, this is happening so fast, which it does for a ton of women involved in this process, but I just don't think it ever was there with Serena P and Matt, and I think it just sucks to see the way that that ended up because she had such good energy throughout the day, but then going back and thinking about it, I think the reason why she might have had that really good energy was she was delaying the inevitable of having to deal with like, shit, I don't know what to do here. I don't want to break his heart, but I don't think it's it's going to end up well. So, of course, Serena P's sister kind of brings a lot of clarity to all of this and says what all of us have maybe been thinking, which is like, I don't think you like him. I think there's something off there. And that night kind of ended not so good. And then Matt is like, look, I need more clarity on this. I, I need to know what the hell is going on. And he talks about probably should have did it a couple of weeks earlier, but there's really nothing more that Matt could have done. And Matt, of course, goes to talk to her and she ends it. And it's absolutely gut-wrenching to see for him because he really, I guess the word now is simping, but he really was simping for her 
more than any other woman I've seen this season outside of maybe Brie and Rachel. But like he really, really fucking liked her. And to see it end like that just sucks because I feel like as a guy, I've seen so many instances where guys pour their hearts out to women that they really like. And I'm not even saying Matt poured his heart out. I mean, I guess he kind of did. But they really infer to the woman like, hey, I really fucking like you. And even if you're Matt James, you're The Bachelor, it doesn't matter, guys. You just can't do it. But then I guess that's a little bit hypocritical as to what I've said on every episode of our podcast, which is you got to be authentic. You got to be you. And if that person can't accept you for that, then you have to move on. I think that is what ended up happening. And Matt totally understood it within that moment. He was really, you could just see it on his face, just crushed. But it was crazy how fast he was able to pick himself up and just be a gentleman and and be honest and be like, hey, I get it. This wasn't going to work. And if I can't be that person for you, then that sucks. And I think Matt handled that situation. Matt handled that situation about as good as you could handle it. So those were the four hometowns. I know we just flew through all of them. And then we get to the rose ceremony. And of course, Serena P sends herself home, really. So now there's only three women. Of course, all of them get the roses going into Fantasy Suite Week, which is now two weeks because of the women tell all next week, as I already had mentioned. And something about the rose ceremony, which is so crazy, and I probably mentioned this already too, but we're just flying here. Michelle gets the first rose. And Brie gets the last rose, and Brie even mentions that. Like, I don't feel really good about getting the last rose because even the women there know Matt has been very unpredictable a lot of the time, and I feel like as the lead, you have to be at certain points because there's so many women, and you have to be your best self and give 100% of your energy at all times. But he's been very predictable in the rose ceremonies, and I've always paid attention to who he's been giving the roses to first and last and how that's played out. And so far, I would say so good in that it tells a whole lot as to what is going on throughout his thought process. And I think trying to get into his head, I have no idea, but maybe some of you are thinking this too. I think the reason why Michelle does get that first rose is because he's still really in his head about Serena P and how everything played out as to like, look, I just poured my heart out for somebody, gave everybody, I gave her as much energy and effort that I could and she just wasn't in it. I think he was kind of disappointed that that conversation didn't happen sooner so he didn't get as hurt. But I think Michelle is kind of like a safe pick. I think maybe a lot of you are feeling the same way too. And as I already had mentioned, if Matt was like 45 or 50 doing this show, I think Michelle probably is his pick. But I think for him being 30 and where he is in his life, even though he wants to get engaged and married and all of that, I think Bree and Rachel make more sense. But we will see what he ends up doing during the Fantasy Suite week, which again is in two weeks, not next week. So next week is the Women Tell All. I don't think we're going to have an episode coming out for that. I don't even think I'll be watching it just because I didn't watch it for The Bachelorette. And I usually try and stay away from them. If there are clips that come out or controversies that come out, we'll talk about it. But there's just no point in watching that because I'm just so interested to see what the hell Matt is going to do. So for maybe what a lot of you have been waiting for, my top three going into Fantasy Suite Week, 
I have, and it really didn't change much outside of Serena P leaving. Michelle does move up to that number three spot. I have Michelle at three, but I don't think Matt picks her. I already talked about that a little bit. Uh, I have Rachel at two. I think Matt really likes her, but I think there kind of is something not entirely off, but maybe a little bit off. We'll see how that plays out. And I have Bree at one. I think, again, Bree and him have had a connection that I don't think he's had with any other woman this entire season. And as I mentioned last week, pay attention to the nonverbals between him and Bree, where the it almost looks like a rectangle, right above both eyes and right below both eyes. They come into symmetry, and it's just crazy how Matt glows and lights up. And that's, again, not me trying to find some explanation as to why Bree's going to win this thing. I really do believe Bree is going to win. But we will see what does end up playing out. So, as I am out of breath now, that was the recap. I know we flew through all of that. Reminder, next week is the Women Tell All. I'm going to take a break from the franchise and just get ready for Fantasy Suite Week, which, again, is in two weeks. And, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, Update for a lot of you on guests that we have. I know we've been saying this every episode. So with a lot of the drama surrounding Bachelor Nation right now with Chris, um, we're still waiting on approvals from them on certain guests and certain content and copyright things that we can talk about. Yes, it is a very crazy process. We have a really, really good lineup of people for all of you. But the way it's looking, it's looking like they're probably going to get pushed until after this season just because, again, right now, I think the franchise is just kind of on pause and kind of really hoping that this season ends ends smoothly and they can just kind of go away for a little bit and try and address this whole situation because I think in, in my mindset here, too, I don't think that they want to allow new podcasts and new content, which again, we're relatively new to the Bachelor coverage, even though we have some pretty good connections here, I think they're kind of hesitant as to trying to figure out the Chris Harrison situation and everything that's playing out there. So that's our update on guests. Tune in uh, Thursday for a new advice episode for all of you out there. We haven't decided what it's going to be yet. So that is that and that is the podcast i will talk to all of you later